up, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the unnumbered episode of the Arizona Movie Club. But today, for one day only, possibly more, depending on your feedback, for lack of a better, cooler name, we're the Arizona Gaming Club. This is a special episode because, I mean, we can justify it by saying it's cinematic in nature, but I think really me and Andy just wanted an excuse to get in a room and argue about The Last of Us 2. For an hour, maybe, yeah, possibly more. Either this is a deep. Yeah, we talked through our thing, our guttural reaction. So I think this will be a little more process uh, and getting that cleanly out on a microphone instead of just arguing incoherently. You know, it well, it's going to be get, screaming into a mic. No, I get jarbled for sure. I, I'm okay with the fact that you don't like it, and I think so. Before before we get into, we're going to do a spoiler-free part, so we will have the clear cut at spoilers. And I will even put it in the description. And if you get mad, it's because you're one of those Neanderthals that don't read my descriptions. So we are the Arizona Movie Club. Traditionally, we talk about two movies a week. Those get released on Wednesdays and Saturdays. I'm doing my absolute best to stick to that schedule. I'm sorry if you are waiting with anticipation, but I don't think we're that big yet. But we do want to give a big shout out and thanks to everyone that's listened because we just hit over 2,000 listens. 2K, baby. And we are also, hopefully, uh, not set in stone the exact date, but this August we should be interviewing Maeve Higgins, the star of the first film that we ever reviewed. First time me and Andy got on the mic. That is happening in August. You that, yeah, it's happening. We just don't have a solid date. Okay. And she said to check back in with her in August. She's Absolutely. willing to do the interview. She's a fan. That's right. And she's phenomenal. Go listen to our uh, our Extraordinary Review. I was even, what we made, we haven't discussed this, but I was thinking maybe a special episode where it's just her interview and we redo Extraordinary. I, I think we were a little too laborsome on plot with that one. We had so many notes to go through. It's, yeah. it's not our best episode, but it's a phenomenal movie. Go watch that. Extraordinary. Uh, it's on, it's on uh, Redbox and stuff now. Yeah, it's in Netflix. If you have a VPN, it's like in the UK on oh, Netflix. Cool. It's just not here, oh, unfortunately, okay. on Netflix. Um, and then we also are going to be, uh, you know, we don't have any brand new movies here, but... Palm Springs, which is coming out on Hulu on July 10th. Our episode will be up that Wednesday, July 15th. So you'll be able to watch that in days later, have content about that. Um, and then we also, if you have any movie suggestions, if you like the video game review, if you, there are big, momentous video games we can talk about for sure. Uh, or if you like a more casual gaming one, we can see potentially. I don't play enough games right now to justify it. But I'm getting back in the grind. I'm, people want the Arizona Video Game Club. I know Arizona Gaming Club. I yeah, know Arizona Gaming Club. That's what you'll do. We'll give just, up on movies. Just as a, a warning, though, you will not get me to play D and D. That's a Patreon tier. You will have to pay me to play that fucking dorks game. It's or, a joke. It's a bit for anyone that's actually offended. I just not my thing. Way too into the weeds. But there's, the, there's like the, the Romeo's in. There's I, the D and D like I couldn't like, be the dungeon master. Like yeah, someone yeah. else would have to be that. There's like the uh, what do you call them? Side, side D&D ones that are like Star Wars themed and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. You could probably get me in if we did like some fucking Star Wars D&D. <laughs> yeah, get Justin. Yeah. You know, we know a guy. We, we worked with a guy that was big in Star to, Wars D&D. Yeah. I probably wouldn't get super into it, but I'd at least be like, this is pretty cool. I'd probably get the gist of it. You'd be using a voice within like three meetings. <laughs> wow. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I am pretty good at getting into character though, so... That's, yeah, let us, any feedback at all is welcomed, um, especially this, just because it's our first podcast about video games. If you'd like to hear a basketball podcast with me and Romeo, or a football podcast with me and Andy, we are all, that's also options on the table. Just let us know. Uh, and then you can reach us at azmovieclub at gmail.com. That's our email. 
Once more, that's azmovieclub at gmail.com. And we also have a Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm boosting posts. I'm trying to get as many people as possible because we want feedback. We want more listeners. Maeve Higgins tweeted us. Do you think you're cooler than Maeve Higgins? Exactly, yeah. Go follow us. Go follow us. You've got no excuse if the featured star actress of a hilarious film liked us and tweeted back at us. You've got no fucking excuse not to, people. So here we go. Thank you for, if you're still listening, thank you for uh, listening to all that. I got to plug stuff because if you're just here for Last of Us 2 talk, I gotta try and hook you in. I gotta get you to listen to our other stuff we or give us suggestions. A lot of fun nerdy movies. Look at our backlog. Most yeah, of the we, nerdy ones are my suggestions. The cinema gold is usually Tyler's. <laughs> Go get mad at my and Andy's review of Ghostbusters. Oh no, don't look at that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was recorded with extraordinary, so also not our best like quality wise, yeah. but I still stand by in my opinions. I don't think anything I said there no, was. No, that, that score is still set in stone. Yeah, it's, it's a six. <laughs> if you haven't listened, I just I gave it. I said seven. Yeah. yeah, you gave it a seven. I, uh, people will be mad at that one whenever it's finally, when we go viral, like, they're digging up receipts on me and Andy and going to be pissed. Like, the Ectomobile is going to pull up in front of this recording <laughs> studio, get our knees broken. If that's if that's our online legacy, I'm okay with that. I will <laughs> die on this hill. But uh, thank you again for listening to all of that spiel about us talking about movies. But let's get into the first video game we've ever talked about in front of a microphone, The Last of Us 2. This is, we're going to probably be brief because talking about what you like or don't like with this game usually is spoiler-y. But we're going to do our best just if you're, you want to hear just did we like it and then go play the game. Even would, So just to get this out of the way, would you say go play this game no matter what if you played The Last of Us 1? Yes, just because it's an important game. It's an important game to play, uh, not even just for talking points or anything like that, just just because there is a lot of hate for this game and, and a lot of good things being said. Don't just buy one way or the other. You know, go, go play it for yourself. Don't read anything beforehand. Or you probably already have if you found your way to this podcast. Like, yeah. But I, try to just stop reading and play it if you haven't yet. I think, yeah, we would both say go play this game. But it, I did not care for it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Let's and go play I, it, yes. If, you, if you'd like to say why you don't care for it in a non-spoiler way, by all means, go ahead. I, I think we should do or, nice stuff for a while. Like I think we can talk about graphics and gameplay and okay, stuff yeah. spoiling, so, and that's all good stuff about this game. Yeah. Would you like to start that, or would you like me to? Uh, I guess we'll start on, on graphics. I'll, I'll start. Um, so the way I feel about graphics is that, that it's kind of all going to be relative to the year it was released, and it can't be judged like you know in the past. Like you can't go back and say, oh well, this is better graphics than number one. Of course it is. You know they've had seven years to improve a little bit. It's not that much better. You know the, the first one was still beautiful. I, I thought back on PS3, even in the PS3 days. I've seen. So she just played The Last of Us remastered. I think you can tell, and again this is remastered, so it's upresed a little. Yeah. But you can tell the differences to me. Um, I think there's just better lighting, mm-hmm. especially like just some of the lighting particles, the way, oh, for sure, the way yeah. they frame shit. I think this game is exponentially better looking mm-hmm. on the right TV, not to take anything away from The Last of Us. Art style can prohibit your game from looking like shit decades in the future, but that doesn't lend itself to every genre. This They're going for photorealistic. Yeah. So the unfortunate part about that is it will start to look dated as time goes on. Very true, and it still holds strong to the original Last of Us, where a large majority of this game is very like dark and gloomy out. It's mm-hmm. raining, overcast, or you're literally in a dank, decrepit, watery building. Yeah, you know, knee deep in like scum water. Like it's just it's a really gross game. 
the panic makes it all the more rewarding. And the game probably has half a dozen of these moments where you come yeah. out of a long, prolonged scene like that into sunlight, either to remove your mask, you know, or just if you know, just just out in, in the daytime. And it's gorgeous. It's absolutely stunning every time you have one of those. It's so jarring to go up like like the color change that drastic. Yeah, and so the, I would say just graphics-wise, I, I don't have a whole system. Andy does have a system for ranking games. I go I go by a mix of how fun is a game to play? Is the point of the game to be fun? I do think there is certain games that are meant to be played a certain way. Other people don't always... I'm not saying you, but other people don't always share that. They think all games should feel airtight and play a certain way. I'm willing to give leeway on that for story reasons because... Ultimately, there, I think there's a large divide in the video game community, if you're unaware, of people that are like hate games that are trying to be movies. And I do think that games should try and not be movies, but I think there's a way to blend story and gameplay without it just being nothing but notes in small context. That stuff is fine if you like that. I like both types of games, ultimately, is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Uh, and I'm not ever judging a game if it's not that that certain type. Yeah, you don't you don't need it to fit an absolute mold or it's garbage. You know that, that absolutely. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I, I hear you on that. And it's the same thing with movies. It seems like for you too. Like you know, that, that's I'm not beholden to genres. Yeah, it, is, yeah what, is what I would say. Yeah, that, that's that's what I like. That um, I, I I let games present themselves like movies to me, like show me. And I also so we can. I think we're good with graphics, but I would I want to talk about the controls. I do think it like I had my girlfriend just finished the first Last of Us. I had to help her through some parts. It well, is, she watched all of the, the second game with you? No, she watched bits and pieces. Oh, okay. She's so fine. She's a spoiler. She's a person that does not care about spoilers. She <laughs> wants okay. to know. She wants to read the last page of the goddamn book. God, that's Emily, too. Like, while you're watching a fucking movie, she's like, oh, shit. And then was, like, telling me about how the real guy dies. That's really happened before. I'm like, he hasn't died in this movie yet. Are you kidding me? And then we put on a different movie. Oh, uh, yeah. So she doesn't care about spoilers, um... And we're not, that's, if you heard the word spoilers, we're not doing spoilers yet. No. So uh, the controls in Last of Us 2 are definitely tighter. Yes. She played on a different difficulty than me, but the controls felt, the, well, by controls, I should clarify, the shooting feels a lot more airtight, I feel like. And I didn't think Uncharted Force was bad. I enjoyed the shooting in this game more than I have in any other Naughty Dog game. I think that's fair for me, too. Yeah, I really like the Uncharted's as well. But I think I, they're I think fine, but this one I actually enjoyed. The I think would be the I liked how you were able to, like, go prone on your back and, like, and, like fire down towards your feet. And maybe I hated those parts, visual, but, but yeah. it made sense that you got knocked. Like, I understood the context of it. Yeah. I just am not good in those situations. Yeah. How I play this game, you know... I've seen like Twitter clips of people playing like a badass, like mm -hmm. running in and just constantly like dodging and shit and killing one person by melee, everything else. Yeah, I mean, Romeo can attest. He saw me play this game a lot. I mostly try and cover and pop and like ammo is scarce in this game, but I'm pretty solid with headshots. Like I would say oh. I had like what a 40% rate on headshots, something like that, 40 to 50. And I also tried to like run in and get to spatially aware places. I wasn't trying to shoot people across the map yeah. with shotguns or anything like that. And while we're on controls and how everything feels, top tier shotgun, I feel like, I'm not saying like top three, this is in the top ten of the most satisfying shotguns I've ever used. This shotgun, yeah, they were action, yeah. both characters, you play as two characters, I'm, we're not going to, again, get into spoilers, but you're presented with two slightly different types of shotguns. They both feel beefy and rewarding. And you're able to craft ammo. And how... You can craft incendiary shotgun rounds, and That's I don't want to talk about how 
fucking awesome it was and how I was mad that the other character couldn't do it because it was one of my favorite things. So, uh, no, no, I, I guess what I was going to say would be a spoiler. I'll hold on. And so I don't know if you got this pleasure, but basically if you aim perfectly, and I did it on accident the first time, mm-hmm. but if you get it just perfectly in the neck and how you feel about violence is completely up to you. I'm not justifying violence in the context of the real world, but video games have violence. So, mm-hmm. like, it's fun sometimes with cool animations. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. If you don't like Doom, if you don't condone video game violence, you should probably listen to a different podcast. I'm just going to say that. I mean, because yeah. you pop motherfuckers' necks off, like, or you, their heads off whenever you shoot them directly in the neck. You can, it, it's in an instant, but you see that head fly. There and is it something. is the most viscerally satisfying. You're like, hell yeah! It seems like even when you're like, you remember shooting someone like in the center of mass, like like a sniper up on the ball, like a balcony or something, and then you get to them and like they're missing their arm. It's like, oh, good God. Like that's so much cooler than I thought. I, you know, and it, it's so personal that it, that it doesn't, that the first game did not. They say each other's names when yeah, they die, we can which talk- added a fun little. Uh, Before I talk about that, I do, similar to that moment you had uh, towards the end of the game, no spoilers, there's a, uh, a, you're shooting someone on a balcony, and I told Romy, I was like, did you see that? And he goes, no, and so I walked up to it. I had a guy's torso chilling on uh, barbed wire on the top of this balcony, just in half. It oh, was awesome. You should have taken a screenshot? Damn it, no, oh, I should have taken on, a screenshot. Oh. I, I, rarely, I so rarely do that. I never do it, so that's why. Uh, like Red Dead's the only time I ever, and then I get a few in this one, like mm. you can make faces in the mirror and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah that, that was fun. <laughs> so that's, the violence in this game is extreme. It's great, though. Like, I think for a game that does it without, like, I don't think seeming silly, like, or over the yeah. top. Like, no, like... My only... Uh, some of them... I don't even want to say it's over the top, right? Because that's just kind of realistic physics. The death animation, which was in the first, just gets a little grating after a while. That music, that... And then, where they, like, a bite on your neck. Yeah. I get that it's, like, you don't want just an easy cut to black. But it is a little gross to watch it. it over and, and over. I think the most I died on any one part was maybe three. Like it took like, and that was like on the really extremely hard parts. There's a specific boss towards the end that's to me. I would say maybe you could complain about the inconsistency. We talked about power levels. Video yeah. games are guilty of that. There's an enemy type in this game that the first time you fight them is extremely hard, and then the next several times it's pretty damn easy. You know, that was, I think by then I, I felt okay with it because I had so many bombs and things loaded up that, yeah, my, my boss fights at the end were very short. I was just like, there's an enemy for the first time in a while. I'm just going to spam everything I have. But I, I don't know. I felt it, like it balanced out okay because of that. So the controls are... Moving does feel a little clunky early on. I would say, like, the actual... And jumping never felt supernatural because you have to, like, get down. And so I just usually ended up jumping in a way that didn't even make sense. I just yeeted myself off of the cliffs <laughs> yeah. and just, like, I know he's going to survive. I know she's going to survive these uh, these cliff jumps, but I'm not going to sit there and get it perfectly to the edge and do the animation where I drop down. I'm just, ah! And yeah, I, just go, yeah. It doesn't even hit your health most of the time. Mm-hmm. That's how I did it. I would say the movement with the characters doesn't always feel perfect, but damn, I mean, most of what you're doing gameplay-wise, you do some of that, but you do a lot of shooting. The shooting feels... Better than The Last of Us 1, I would definitely say, as, like I said, I've just recently didn't play the full game through, but I played enough of that gameplay to yeah. sit there and go, yeah, it's better in this game. Yeah, yeah, it, it for sure is. And they, they do a good job of giving you a good selection of weapons, albeit, you know, some the of, second like, characters, the end of the game. Quick question, there's two characters. The second primary character here in this game, mm-hmm. would you agree that their arsenal is far and away better? Because that was one of the frustrating things is... 
I felt like all the good weapons, maybe it was more suited to my playstyle, but all the good weapons were on that second character's arsenal. I would, I think, which made me enjoy the gameplay in that part of the, the second half better. See, I, I'll agree that the the weapon assortment is better for the second character, but not by much. I, I think I, the coolest of all of them was the explosive arrow, which belongs to the first character. I was kind of torn with that. I had that, a lot of fun with the explosive shells and the hunting pistol. I, I think that was like the first the time. The hunting upgraded, pistol wrecks, baby. I upgraded that damage. That thing was a fucking rail so, driver. So how would you... We'll play a fun non weapon type isn't a spoiler. If you're saying that, get the hell out of here. <laughs> how would you rate the weapon? So explosive bow sounds like it's number one for you. The boom bow, as it's popularized in Fortnite. Oh, it's, oh okay. It's just a perfect name, really. It's the boom bow, baby. The, the thing that... Uh, the, thing, it, the boom bow is my favorite, I think. I don't know. Flame-throwing people is extremely satisfying. Interesting. Flamethrower's on towards the bottom. See, I, I outside love of that, that has a flamethrower. Um, outside uh, of that bullshit pistol that <laughs> they love feeding you rounds for. Yeah, they always give you. But then when I was playing as the first character, when you can silence the pistol, I was using that a ton. I, I started every it, interaction engagement with like three silenced headshots. It, yeah, it anyway. felt better. I still didn't find myself doing it a lot. Oh, okay. My rankings would know that what is called the shotgun because they felt pretty similar. Sure, that's there with like the the added bonus of incendiary incendiary that's rounds, very kick fun. ass. But I I love just the the regular shotgun. Then it's probably that hunting pistol, man. That hunting pistol was dope. With oh, I really like the SMG at the end. Yeah, the Spectre, Yeah, they do that same thing in the Last of Us one. Yep. What's with that? Give us the SMG yeah, earlier in the game, man. It's it's really fun to use in the uh, in the story. It's very satisfying. I hate it because I played a lot of online for the first one, and that's kind of known as like a noob gun. Oh, you just unlock the specter and you just go to town. Oh, okay, I hate it. Yeah, no, I I don't have those. I, I just want to play with guns that feel satisfying. Yeah, to play it's with. very very fun in the same story. I liked the standard issue. Um, I didn't mind the standard issue rifles. I felt like both of those yeah. were pretty satisfying. Um, it was really that heavy artillery that feels just insanely I, rewarding to play with. The uh, the Molotovs are still in there. Uh, Solid weapons for, for the oh, first character. The trip ones, the like the first character. I love those trip mines. There, you, you, you can ask you can ask Romeo. We made a meme about the dogs. I won't say it because we might go viral for the wrong reasons. Oh no! Um, but fuck those dogs. Yeah. Uh, those dogs learned their lesson because I would just know I get my ass kicked the first interaction and then I would just go. I'll show these motherfuckers, and I would put down the little mine, yep. and I start shooting at people, because I played this game full, like, yeah, that's the other context here. I play this game, just, I'm going in. Like, I don't, I have too much anxiety and impatience, and I'm, I'm not good enough at games to go, like, every single time I stealth, I'm just going to, I'm going through I'm going to do this, like, eight times, or I can do it twice as running gun, yeah. and so that's how I, I go in guns blazing. So I get my ass kicked by the dog or whoever, because everyone's shooting at me, and then I go, all right, I got three little dogs. Well, I got three of these bad boys, and then they keep running up the dogs blow up, and then I can just worry about popping everyone else uh, whenever I'm just, like, ducking and constantly going up and down. The mines, I, I thought, were kind of a little bit worse than the first game, because the first one, you could throw them. In this I, one, you could only set them down. That that led to some pretty frustrating, like, yeah. suicide kills accidentally. Like, uh, oh, shit, that dog's coming really fast, and then I blow up with the dog. So I get what you're saying. Because I just also, like, as I use those, as a matter of fact, there was towards the end where there's uh, an enemy type in the first Last of Us, and there's, like, two of them and a bunch of little ones. So I went through and stealth killed everyone for Alexis because she didn't have a lot of rounds. And then I just sat back and chucked those other bombs 
at the enemy type, and sure enough, I kill both of them with three of them, but it just doesn't make a lot of contextual sense that these are meant to trip yeah. people up, and yet they're going to, like, detonate on, or they're not going to detonate on site. Um, so I, I get, like, the yeah, contextual reason. Totally different, a different arsenal altogether, yeah. And I would say I really like the menus in this game, like, the, the wheel that you're swapping between just looks cleaner and less cartoony. I thought it looked about the same. Maybe I, maybe I just didn't notice. You haven't played you the, the, the D-pad? Like, yeah, so, like, menu. Yeah, the gun menu looks significantly different. Oh, okay. It's, you know, like I say significantly, there's only so much you can do with text and borders and shit like that. But it felt cleaner and it felt easier to access guns Okay. in, in this one. Okay, maybe I, I just didn't notice, but yeah, that, that, I believe it. Same with the crafting menu, I would say. Well, the crafting menu is a little more accessible in the first one, but I liked it more in this one, I mm-hmm. guess, if that makes sense. So, yeah, so gameplay, I think everything that we've mentioned is slight improvements, if not big improvements, over the first game. The only thing that, it, it's not worse, because it's just the same. Well, maybe that does make it worse, because they had seven years to get it better. But, like, the AI of your companion sometimes just, like, running in front of the enemy. Like, just completely skittering across the scene. Like, I think that's just hard to program. It sure is, but, I mean, other games don't don't have that problem. So, like, some, some games do. Yeah. This isn't the only game that's ever had that problem, but, I mean... That's definitely something. That's one of the only knocks I even had on the first game. Like, make the the uh, your companion AI better and cut those ladders. Like, cut all the, like forty ladders you have to do, and then The Last of Us Two definitely made that smoother. I think there's only like two scenes you even have to like prop a ladder. In. Yeah, there's a lot less ladders. More ropes make sense. They're less I'm jarring the ropes, and obvious. Yeah, the rope, the rope uh, uh, system is cool. And thank goodness you don't have to do a million boosts. In The Last of Us 1, you're constantly standing there having to, like, push people up a surface or get pulled up. This is mostly mitigated by, A, ropes or just, this is all dumb. It's not worth it. Let's just throw an extra stone so they can climb onto that stone (laughs) and then get there. So they avoid a lot of that stuff. And, yeah, I think we've talked a lot about just the video gaming parts of this game that Mm -hmm. claims to be cinematic and uh, narrative-based. And it very much is. I would like to just mention that, this game is long as shit. Yes. Especially yeah. if you're trying for trophies at all, like I was. I think I didn't look at my play file at the end, but I want to say because I want to go back for the platinum oh, and just okay. tease it. I also do want to give a shout out in the non-spoiler parts to Naughty Dog for making this basically the most accessible game for disabled people ever. Uh, oh, they yeah, put in right, a, just a litany of modes, which conveniently also help make look for collectibles a lot easier on your rerun for the platinum because oh. the uh, colorblind mode makes you one color, enemies another color, and then uh, the collectibles a third color. Oh, no, that's cheating. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh. It's trophy hunt, baby. I don't oh, have no. any ethics here. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not a trophy whore in the sense that I don't play enough games to do it, but when I, there's a platinum in sight, hell yeah, I'm pulling up YouTube and looking for something. I do not care. I'm not... I'll always try it myself, the first one. Like, of course, you want platinum. I'll give you some fun game suggestions that you could be done within, like, two hours and get a platinum. See, but I don't know how I feel about paying ten bucks. Like, it's just nice that The Last of Us had a relatively easy platinum to obtain this one. I think the first game, notoriously, was a lot harder to get the platinum for. Absolutely. Yeah, I haven't gotten it. I've only seen the first game on hard. I can't beat that shit on expert in a way. This is, uh, this game, and it, the... It's not difficulty tied, so shout out to those trophies, yeah. making it easier for disabled people to um, to give you know basically to get a platinum for this. So that's like taking that input because uh, they did hear basically like feedback from the first game and setting. Don't get me wrong, like everybody should do this now, and I don't think you necessarily get to be like 
the poster child, but like everyone should do this, and they set the bar, so that's good. Yeah, thank um, you, and that, up. I forgot that that deserves props. Just you know, when you're mentioning non-spoiler game parts, and that's still a video game at the end of the day, and yeah. you know, people that that basically we don't factor or we don't think because I can play a controller with two hands and I'm completely fine. Like other people need those kind of accommodations, and it's good that Naughty Dog is like putting forth an effort so that hopefully more studios do that going forward. I know, and I don't want to make this a Sony thing because I'm definitely a Sony. Like that's my primary console, but a couple of Xbox games have like made better strides, and they're they made that whole controller. Which um, shout out to them for doing that oh, that's and right. making yeah, yeah. A, a big effort because this is this is just about the Last of Us. It's not a Sony versus Xbox thing. Um, so I just like to give those kind of props where where it's all said and done. Um, I'm not a big sound person, and Romeo is in my ear for half this game, so I don't even want to pretend like I noticed the sound design. I'm sure if you put on headphones it sounded I did. dope as hell. Emily and I were playing at the same time and we had to I think we've joked about it on this on this podcast in the past. We did have to leave. We went into separate rooms. Uh, it was just like, okay, we have a dog and a cat, so we would do shifts of like playing with the animals when you know you can't have them just running around and then you'd like really have to earn your last of us time. But then the moment I had my headphones on, it's like do not bother me. I'm I'm Ellie right now. Uh, yeah, I don't think Alexis cares about any games enough to do that. If she was like trying to play Spider Man, I'd be like, get those spoilers out of here. Oh, okay. Spider Man, Miles Morales, baby, can't wait. This is yeah, this is the first game that we've ever done this. I'm trying to think about some games coming out in the future that I would care so much about that I'm like, like her and I even just played Plague Tale. Uh, oh, did you guys have to do separate for that? No, that's what I mean. Like that one was not one that we gave a damn about. It's like, oh shit, what are you doing right there? Oh cool, I'll be there in an hour or you know that kind of thing. And, Romeo, what was in that PlayStation conference that I was really geeked about? There's a couple. Oh, Deathloop. Yeah, if she was like, hey, I'm, I want to play Deathloop too. Okay, you get in that other room then, or I'll go to whatever room you want me to because we'll have two PS5s in here. I, nobody's spoiling Deathloop for me. I can't wait. Oh, three. Yeah, Romeo's like, me too. To Cannot wait. Up. Oh, Deathloop. Shout out to Deathloop on The Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> Deathloop looks sick. So, okay, so just to get back a little bit, so... We're still talking gameplay. I did want to mention, I think you said you didn't like that for a section it's open world. You didn't care for that? So, yeah, oh, before people so cool. come at me for that, I'm just not a, in general, open do, world. Yeah, you don't do open Again, world. Again, yeah. so just like certain things give me anxiety. The A giant task list. And, <laughs> but like I'm also hypocritical in that Breath of the Wild is one of my favorite games ever. But I think one of the things that game does smartly is that there's not a constant list in a box and it makes everything, it prioritizes the mechanics and how good it feels to do things and explore. And so what I found myself doing is a thing that a lot of game makers try to make organic, which they just don't do well, but the Breath of the Wild did, which is just like, oh, I'm going to go explore here. I'm just going to do this little thing that turns out to be an hour, and I don't mind because it feels that good to play. That's and a lot of open world games don't do that. It's like, here's a list of side missions, and I'm just <laughs> looking at them like, but I'm going to forget the story, and that's what I'm mostly here for. And yeah. uh, uh, uh. and so that's why. And I don't think a lot of open-world games feel good to play. I, I can hear you on that. That is, yeah, just like by textbook, what most people do love about them is just you can pick any direction and go and have a good adventure. And, and, and Red Dead, I, I know I'll probably never get you to play this, but, but Red no, Dead I, is... No, I like the first Red Dead. So you I can have the amazing quests around, and then there's also just fun stuff. Like, let me just pick a direction here. Oh, shit, that's a dinosaur bone. Once I beat Control, I mean... Oh, that's right. You're, you're powering through that one. I kind of want to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, though, so oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Red Dead 2 would, would be, like, it's. I've thought about it, especially because Alexis, we've got PS now. We can just there going into the permanent Red Dead pod. In a few Andy points. would be all right you with it. You and I can just talk Red Dead weekly. <laughs> that's not what I want to do for a podcast <laughs> at all, but 
That'd be like me telling you, hey, you want to do a Fortnite podcast and talk about the updates on Fortnite? And then I just start flossing. So clip this here, too. It's all inside. Talk. Video game-wise, it seems like we we have some minor nitpicks. Um, and just to clarify about the open world stuff, this is mostly a complaint for me sitting there knowing that I have to get all the collectibles and going, God damn it, now I have to like <laughs> go and explore here, and I'm trying to focus on the story. But like most of the other game funnels you to where, like, just go two rooms over and go, oh, hey, found a trading card. But in the open world part, you're just looking around like, shit, I know I'm going to miss something. And sure enough, I did. Yeah. Uh, so that we don't have to make this the Red Dead pod, but it also seems like the, the cards and the journal entry that she kept was a serious afterthought. Uh, and that's what Red Dead does with cigarette cards and Arthur's journal. Not, probably not a hot take, but it's just dumb, dumb like observation that I care for. More contextual sense to collect quarters. I don't like the second character in this game as much as I like the first. That those are better collectible. The quarters? Yeah. It makes a lot more sense. Because, like, what is the logic of leaving cards in a desolate... Like, hey, everyone happened to play this. Sure. Even at the height of Pokemon, I guarantee I can't go in that many houses across the U.S., and that's universal. I could be wrong, but I just don't think there would have been that many trading cards flying around. No, not that makes sense, especially because, like, I'm sure you picked this up, that most of the trading card people were, like, fun play-on-words of, like, Artists' names and things that people that worked on I did not pick that up. Yeah, there was uh, like Neil Druckmann was like Doctor oh, or something like that. Or, I heard so, them like, talk about it in the spoiler cast, and that went over my head. So like, I was also doing something else. Cool. I think that they do that for people that are just naughty dog heads. I guess is the way yeah. to say that. But like, I'm playing a survival horror. I kind of don't want to be taken out of my immersion. Collectibles, for, like, honey cards. I do think collectibles outside of. Collect collect on mm-hmm. games, you know, platformers where that's the primary objective. Yeah. Outside of just climbing and jumping, I think collectibles and like games such as this are kind of dumb. Okay, I agree. not not that I, I hate them or they ruin it. Of course, I'm going to collect them. I do not care. I think this idea that video games are some pure art, pure form of like it has to be this or it has to be that. Video games are video games. They're interactive things that I press buttons and things move on screen. So I'm not going to get real hung up, and I, it's not like, oh, this is immersion-breaking. Um, sometimes stuff is, and it's okay, it's not a big deal, like, it's a fucking game. Uh, uh, see, I, I disagree, I, I love, especially with, with like, genres like this. Like, I that's love, the important thing that you're going for. But. I love games, but also, Sony, you think there's a chance in hell Sony would have been okay with like them just taking all this stuff out? I don't know if Naughty Dog, at the end of the day, would have or would have preferred to keep those things in. Maybe that'd be a fun question, you know, if someone asked Druckmann or whatever. But I just, yeah, like, I think we especially think about how the video game community is in general. Like, a lot of times they're incredibly toxic. For sure. And so yeah, yeah. if you take, I mean, speaking of this game, you know, the backlash to that. Uh, so the idea that if you just started ditching established norms, like how many comments, walking simulator. Naughty Dog can make this game 50% just combat and cutscenes. But if you didn't have that traditional video game shit, as much as people like to bash on it, I'm sure people would just be, what a great walking simulator, Naughty Dog. Oh, this game sucks. I can't collect cards and notes. It don't make sense. People didn't leave random safe combos places. What What the hell, man? The, the, the like ease of play in this one was irritating to me. Like, like the little factor of teeny bit into gameplay, more just, I think, the cool factor of me. But 
just they, like in the first game, there was only a few safes, like maybe five or six of them, and you kind of had to work for those combos. Like those were real satisfying when you found them. This one had a couple of fun finds, like when you find the safe combo, like written on the bathroom uh, wall. It's like that girl's number so, for a good time call. Like those were kind of fun, but a lot of them it's just like, hey, here's a note oh, with it yeah, written down. Fun. Yeah, here's a note with it written down. Just just pay attention for thirty my, seconds and you'll walk into it. My hot take would be, don't put the safes in at all. Here's here's oh, my yeah. one gameplay complaint. Stop leaving ammo on random tables that makes no sense. And how about instead the guy that was unloading a clip in me instead of having three bullets has like 20. That would just make more contextual sense. Yeah, the guy that's just, it makes no sense. A guy's opening fire on me. I finally kill him. And he's got no bullets? Bullshit. Just give me a bunch of bullets that drop from enemies and then make like a bullet being collected in a store rare. Why is there a bullet in a candy shop? This is not a Last of Us thing. (laughs) This is a video games in general. Don't be afraid to give me a shit ton of ammo from enemies and ammo nowhere else in the game world. Like bullets don't lie around in random stores. That's not how it works. Very true. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm so glad you brought that up. And and the thing that's so maddening about this game and, again, and that ammo common in video games in general, not is there are cars broken down everywhere in this game. Like when you're not in a building, pretty much you're walking by broken down cars, and a lot of them are police patrol cars. You come across a lot of them enough to maybe make the game kind of scary, like, rather than giving us ammo and health constantly in those really, like, shoehorned ways, maybe deplete your ammo. You can just pace it out to where you won't see a lot of clickers or anything, and then you actually come across, like, a car filled with ammo stocked up. It feels really satisfying, and you're able to completely, like, replenish it. Like, like, the only thing it's that It's going to give you a lot and make it dwindle down and make you sweat a little bit yes, and then you get more. There yes. was, I was constantly full, and this is not, like, a humble brag. This is, like, the first game was difficult. I played this one on hard. I was constantly... I thought you said you played it on normal on this one. No. No, I played the... Uh, no, this one I was playing hard. Oh, whenever the... I just say that because you told me. You're like, I'm just playing it on normal the first oh, time. Oh, no, 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 my misunderstanding. No, no, yeah. I was playing on hard because I normal is kind of... Kind of like again, not a, just I played the first one so much, and I played the online. That's gotta be it because normal was not super easy for me. Oh, okay, yeah, and and, and ammo was scarce. But I played running; it was almost perfect. Like you and asked Romeo, there were moments where I was running low, using every side item, blah blah blah. I had that at the bosses, but pretty much the bosses. And then all of a sudden, I'd hit a stash, and I'd be like, jackpot! And you feel good, and it feels so good. That's one thing that uh, even though the game Days Gone kind of sucked. Like, I don't really have a whole lot of anything good to say about Days Gone, but it, it gave, I think, this game, The Last of Us 2, the idea for, like, the Coke bottle silencer, which I don't know if that's real or not. But I think games it, have done that before, but yeah. Not that's, that I can see, but okay, okay, maybe they... Maybe I don't even know if it's directly Coke, but I've definitely seen bottles use a silencer. Okay. I'm almost positive. Um, that was the first time I'd seen it anyway was Days Gone, but then they were big on hey, ammo is going to be found in, you know, specific locations. So you were on the look for patrol cards. Like, when you found one, it wasn't already it open. Sense, like, yeah. it felt real. Yeah. It's just, like, a cool little thing. Again, this is not... I really like this game. Um, just when we're talking through just gameplay stuff. And I think... I mean, this mostly wraps up, the I think... spoiler-free. The spoiler-free stuff. We, that was went on 30 minutes. That's, like, 25 minutes longer than I thought it would be. But I think we also cleared out a lot of just... Now that spoilers can purely pretty much be story. I think so that's yeah and then uh i don't know about you if you're gonna bring up other stuff um I'll, I'll try and tell people ahead of time but the ones that i'm good that's coming to mind now i'm gonna spoil red dead uh red dead 2 and the telltale walking dead series with uh, uh lee and clementine 
So those like are my two spoilers. The big one there is Red Dead 2, which I'll try and make sure. Yeah, yeah we'll put that there. Um, and just because that's the only one that's semi-like recent. Yeah, yeah, the Telltale's like, uh, that's like 10 years, man, how so long ago. It was the last, it came out the same year as, or so came out the year before The Last of Us. Oh, I so played so them fun. concurrently. Oh, fun. Um, I hadn't picked up The Walking Dead and played I knew one game of the year for like whatever Keeley's thing was. And uh, yeah, I was real bored. I didn't even have a job. I was trying to get a job at the time, and it was in the summer. And I did that thing at GameStop where you go rent a game and then you return it within a week and mm-hmm. you get your full refund. So I beat The Last of Us, the original Last of Us, and the original Walking Dead that way. That's crazy. So, you know, fun little side thing. The first Last of Us I played, it was when I lived in Brooklyn and I was I was drinking very heavily and I had like no money. I drank up all of my money and I had like $36 tied up in The Last of Us and I had like one day to return it. So I had to like power through. I did not take my time on 40 Nice. I powered through like, like a six hour chunk, beat The Last of Us so I could turn it in and get some booze money. Pretty sweet. Wow. <laughs> Well, it sounds that like was my relationship with the first one. Yeah, so we. It sounds like in. So let's just do this hard. Spoilers. That's it. I'm gonna give you here. There's a couple seconds. I'll edit oh. that part out. But I heard you get yeah, the, the mouth sounds. It's God. It's editing a podcast. You just go. Our mouths sound disgusting. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah, you're good. Some of those early ones. Yeah, you're straight like burping and like oh. opening cans. <laughs> No, I, yeah, I try and do this, but that's the hardest part is in when I know that's why I hold the mic away whenever I'm gonna burp or do something like I that. Just, I because I know it, what, usually when it's kept in is because it's still your mic picked it up. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times that's what I do. I I turn oh, from okay. it, but it doesn't matter because if you're talking, the audio still going. So it and I'm not a good enough audio technician to edit that out. That's so like within that audio soundbite, I don't have. If we got any audio text that fall that you know, listen. Um, you probably have been driven mad by this podcast. Please email me and help me out. I'm willing to accept help here. Yes, please. What's our producer doing over there? This is your job. He's, he's just getting excited. So we don't pay you for it. You're our intern. Yelling about Last of Us now. No, so, I won't yell. So, uh, yeah, we got the hard spoilers cut. And I, it sounds like you were in a bad place in your life when you played the first Last of Us. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't ascertain from how I said it, I also was. And I've told people this before. I have this calcified, perfect memory of The Last of Us. And I'm watching Alexis. I never replayed it. I wanted that memory there. It's like this perfect memory from your childhood that you wouldn't want to go back and replay and have that or like revisit. And then you'd like look around at the details and go, maybe this isn't as good as I thought. And so watching Alexis play it, and it wasn't like... I made that conscious choice to not do it. I'm not a big baby that's going to be like, don't sh- don't play it around me like I helped her out and everything. But it does, it, it's 100% what I said. If you start noticing the more game parts of it, because that wasn't what I loved so much about it. Even, like, the game looked fine. It does look pretty solid. It's clearly a PS3 game that's been up and the clickers look like shit in, in the first one. Um, but, yeah, I was in a rough time in my life, and I think The Last of Us, the, the story, made me think about certain things about myself that I hadn't before. Mm. And this game did things in a similar way. But I think that that age, that gap between the two was perfect because how I think, how like I feel, how all of those things has changed. And watching the original Last of Us, there are definitely parts that I strongly relate to and make me feel those emotions. But I wouldn't wholesale say that they're per- it's perfect anymore. Uh, like, in my head, it's still a 10, but if I had to reassess it, someone was like, 
you know, I don't work at a video game place, but IGN, you know, they sat me down, they go, review it for us, and we'll give you a thousand bucks, you know, or gun to my head, whatever it may be, I'd probably give it like a nine. I mean, it's got a lot of real game-ass shit, and I think, I mean, I've also watched a lot of movies, I've, like, watched ways to tell character stories, and see characters build bonds and stuff, and while I think Ellie and Joel's relationship is still special, I think I over-romanticized that in my head, um, because it's, you know, a father, like, I'll just say it, you know, it's not like a big thing, but this father, the father-daughter spoiler, or father-daughter relationship, I don't know if I've ever 100% decided on whether I want to be a dad or not in life. And I think The Last of Us, like, relating so strongly to Joel made me feel a way about myself where I was like, maybe I can be. I don't know. Maybe I, I think differently than I originally thought. And going back, I think that's why in my head I over-romanticized that relationship because to me it's like, putting myself in Joel's shoe instead of just being able to watch a story and say, these characters are acting on their own. Even if I empathize with, or I would do something similar, I'm not these characters. These are not my choices. They're living different lives than I am. And I think a lot of those trope, I think there's a lot of tropes involved too. I think how they portray Joel probably isn't as natural of an approach as I may have thought it was back then. Now it's kind of like, oh, he's got this whole Southern thing. It's like, it definitely, it's still really good. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's perfect from a storytelling angle other than the very end. I think that last scene with them where they're staring at each other and Ellie knows deep down inside that this is all like you're lying to me. But she can't call him out on it because she's 14. Is just, it's, I think that that is masterclass writing. And I do think that part specifically, but I think that bleeds into the writing and like what's so good about The Last of Us 2. Because it's those hard things that we want to lie to ourselves about and tell tell ourselves, like, this isn't what I do, this isn't what they would do, this is blah, blah, blah. We're like, we're just being presented with fact. We're being presented with the story. And yes, someone wrote it, but this is how they felt that character would do. And seeing, and I felt that way playing the game, part two, but it, it definitely, it just kind of re-established what I had already thought when I watched the spoiler cast with the casting characters, or with Ashley Johnson, Troy Baker and uh, Neil Druckmann talking about it. This, they love these characters, and they wouldn't write or want to do anything that didn't feel like natural to them. You know, I, I appreciate everything that you said, and especially about the, the first game there. We're, we're pretty sympathetical. Um, maybe maybe I'll feel different about the second one if I watch that spoiler cast. I mean, I can't imagine there's anything on on this green earth that's going to like change my opinion that much. Um, but the first game I thought was perfect from a storytelling point of view, not from gameplay. You know, like we talked about yeah, the yeah, AI, of course. the things getting bogged down with like player makeup, uh, like like uh, things oh, getting yeah. bogged down with uh, uh, having to find multiple ladders constantly. <laughs> yeah. But what I did like about gameplay versus in the first one versus the second one, oh, you know, no, 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 I, I don't, I don't want to get bogged down. Um, so it had a perfect ending. It had an absolute perfect ending. And the way you you kind of said, and maybe this is a little bit of a separation of you and I. How you said Joel wasn't making your decisions. You just feel like you're playing a game. Maybe it's one of the few times in any game scenario, any any game experience I've had, where I think every single decision lined up with exactly how it was. And every time Joel had to make a tough decision, uh, I, I felt it. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I felt that on a level that I hadn't with the game before, and it and it it pushed and pulled you to to new levels. And and kind of to your point, they're talking about. Uh, like the, the father-daughter relationship there, the idea yeah. that 
there was any one takeaway, like a thematic kind of idea bigger than itself from the first game, is that love is the most, you know, is the strongest force out there. Maybe not what everybody would take away, but it, it to me, it was bigger than the saving of the entire yeah. human race because one man's love in, in this unique juxtaposed scenario where it's like, hey, do you love someone so much that it's worth more than like, like no one else has ever had that scenario staked that way like teetering on like, Hey, do you love your, you know, your personal relationships or, you know, can it's, you separate yourself and, and actually do what's right for humanity? Yeah. I think, I mean, these are about, so like both games are about selfish characters sure. uh, that, and I mean, I, I, you can definitely say that Joel did it out of love and I, he did love Ellie, but he also did something incredibly selfish again to, to reiterate, I would have done as well. I yes. get why he did it. But it's like to pretend like you're not a selfish piece of shit for doing that is like defeating the point you killed it. And again, this is kind of like where it becomes hard with any game trying to talk about violence or like the lot, the loss of human life in a serious way. When we're playing a medium yeah. where shooting is just fun and it's how <laughs> things have been done. So yeah, it's the idea of like, Joel, you just mow down 30 people for one person. And I think, you know, this this is and this kind of like becomes how it gets philosophical is I do like the West is traditionally a very individualistic society. We believe or we don't believe in individualism, but we embody individualism all the time. We think of ourselves as better than other people. We really do devalue human life in ways that go beyond just like, like, I don't care. It's it, a video game is a video game, you know, and a lot of luckily a lot of games don't try and make like, oh, yeah, you're shooting someone. Like, we get it, you know, shooting is, is fun, and sometimes you just want mindless games. But, yeah, that's where it becomes hard. It's like, don't you just mow down 30 people? Like, do you really think one person's more important than 30? And I think that's where that, where I talk about how it tapped into just, maybe I could be a dad, because in that moment, without thinking about it too much, I did it without hesitancy. Yeah. But, again, growing up, feeling eight years later, like, yeah, that, that's the wrong call, even if I do it again, you know what I mean? And... I think Ellie wants to feel that passionately, and she does at first when Joel first dies. But I, I think by the end, by like seeing someone just that beat down and broken, knowing that she's beat down, that beat down and broken, she just like can't even bring herself to do it. Like the the hate runs, runs out, out at some point. Yeah, okay. which we can jump kind of in and out of. Like we talked about, I think most of our like your likes were covered in the non spoiler part, pretty much. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so I, I like, we don't have to bear down the plot, but you do play as if you're haven't played the game and you're just curious for spoilers, you play as the killer of Joel in this game. She's an interesting character for darn sure. Um, as, as it will become very clear, my dislike was just the way that they told the story, um, that that you even play as her, you know, she's a cool character and all, but I've seen this and I, not everyone feels, I'm sure this is a minority, but some people because some people in general just don't like to be taken away from gameplay cutscenes. Mm-hmm. But I've seen people suggest that since we were going to be Abby anyways, it should have had us kill Joel. And I mean, like, so some people are on very much the opposite spectrum there. That would have been a lot. I, I do like that it was a cutscene instead. Yeah. I had, again, I love the way the story was told, but I did think about how crazy it would have been, how much serious thought that they ever put into we're expecting The Last of Us 2. It is The Last of Us 2. This is the story that Druckmann wanted to tell. This is what that team wanted. Um, I mean, I can't, I'm sure they don't speak for every Naughty Dog employee, but I'm sure 
a lot of them like like the direction it was going. This definitely have the cast felt as well. I think I mean, are they going to come out and say they hated it? Of course. I mean, not. yeah, probably not. But I mean, the people that mattered the most, those top, like, like everyone else. Troy Baker's happy. Yeah, uh, like he, he's been chilling for five years just with this. He's gone. That, hey, I'm not in this game at all. He's gone way too much to bad. He's like criticized because there are some uh, game journalists uh, out there. Rob Zachney from um, Waypoint Radio, phenomenal. They do really, really, really good. And that video game stuff, they didn't like this game. That's okay. And it's really coming from a completely different perspective than I think a lot of the, the fans that hate it. Um, oh, yeah, please don't think it's just like, oh, Joel dead, me sad, me hate. Yeah. No, that's not what that's a lot of That's a lot of the vitriol out there. Th- that was my initial. Yeah, I'm like the gut punch. Like, who's watching that scene and having a good time? It's like, you know he's going to die. Like, like you and I talked about this before before we recorded. Like, of course it's not going to be Joel and Ellie 2.0, good time, fun time adventure, you know, for 22 hours. So I do wonder, and it's just a quick inner, inner birth that, or interjection here. I like games that challenge me, or I like I like art that challenges me and makes me think different ways. I don't want it. I really don't want things to give me what I want unless I'm like that ahead of the curve that I'm thinking of some avant-garde shit. I would have liked Game of Thrones to have given me what we want, but that's a whole other different discussion because uh, I had some like I basically wanted gut punches from that, and it didn't give it to me really at all. But had you played all of this game, had they switched where Abby? So the fact that we saw that Abby's the one that, like, like we saw her journey uh, after she really accomplished, not her life's goal, but what had been fueling her fire for her whole life, which was killing Joel, who killed her dad, which was the doctor that was uh, going to perform the surgery. To quote The Last of Us, he's the only person on Earth that could have performed the surgery. Like, I highly doubt that. There's other countries. But I get, I get the point. Yeah, well, there's not, there's no internet going. You can't call someone yeah. up. Um, so... Had we found out, say we open with Abby, say we open with one of those nightmare scenarios where she sees her dad. So we quickly establish they don't hold that twist from us. Okay, they, they don't hold that. Sure. Yeah, they don't hold that twist close to the chest initially. We find that out. We find out we're playing this game six, seven hours in as Abby realizing what this is all coalescing to, and the switching of the baton happens midway through the game. So now we're more conflicted because we've empathized with Abby. We're not focused on the hate and the rage right from the start. Instead, we're like, fuck, I kind of know where this is going, but it's building that dramatic tension instead of having the rug swept out and just being like, Joel's dead, um, which I, I think the context of how that happened was fine, but I just think it'd be interesting, and I wonder if they ever entertained the idea of going Abby first. Then we're, we're amped up. We're like, conflicted because we, we see Abby, but we're also fresh off of Joel's death. So we're feeling the way that Ellie feels. Mm-hmm. And then we play her whole section and then she just gets more and more worn out. And we see that as that's all going up. And so maybe instead of going straight from Abby to now the very end of Ellie's journey, if we're just along in a straight line for all that, maybe the audience would have felt worn out the way that she felt worn out uh, by the end. That's that. That's a I, that's a good suggestion. I like that. It's just a take. I like again. I like how the story presented. I just thought about that. Oh, like, yeah. no, I, I have a bunch of different ways this could have got going in a different way. Um, I, I thought just side note. I thought the like the, the idea of oh, she's just the daughter of the Firefly Doctor. Like that is the most low hanging fruit to write a sequel ever. 
Like, I was I, hoping for so much more, but expecting this, but, like, good God, but, put some kind of twist on it, do something what, other than... What, so, I'm curious here, what... Sure. How is that... I just think that's an obvious, really good running storyline. Like, you don't know... Joel fucked with a lot of people. He killed a lot of people. I kind of think I would have liked it just being a, a, a random person. He, he you know something and completely make it up, make it up new. So, so in, in the context of Joel's mind, though, all those doctors were equal. If he wasn't the love child of all three of them, sure. it, it's the idea that you don't know is who you killed, who that affects. You probably don't care if you're in that situation. Mm. And you know, again, Joel had his reasons and felt justified in doing that. That's okay, but there, like, there are consequences to that. And I think, like, that he, yeah, it could have been some rando he killed, you killed my dad. I think that her being the Firefly's doctor just made it kind of like, I, I liked it a lot more than if it had just been some rando. I guess it would have ultimately not affected this situation too much. I think it gave some, like, iconic moments that we could relive different shoes. Uh, that hallway we go down. So I think that made it an easy reference point for the audience. And I think yeah, it made sense in the sense that Ellie has, not knowing her perspective, a completely different... She she gets the point of... And it, I think it would have made Ellie more justified in, like, her, her rage if it was a random. Because, like, I think she kind of empathized with the fact that, like, she knows what happened in that hospital. And she knows... That, like, she was supposed to die. And she weirdly had a death wish, you know? Yeah. Watching that scene at the end of the first Last of Us where she's just, like, where she talks about her friend. She lost her mind. And I'm waiting for my turn. This is a 14-year-old. And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I definitely, you know, if you have mental health problems, definitely call someone, talk to someone. But, like, I had suicidal thoughts probably. That's when it started. This is when I was, like, 14. But this kid in the apocalypse, I'm sure that just, like, amplifies that. She had a death wish. And she felt, like... This is my rite of passage. And I'm and Joel, for everybody else having a bad time right now, too. Joel kind of justified that duality. Like, I'm selfishly keeping you alive, but I'm also giving you the gift of life, even if you don't think that's a gift you want right now. And I think maybe she finally got to that point where she realized, like, life probably is a gift. She could have killed herself on that beach. She could have. She had all the reasons in the world at that point to just, like, call it quit. And she did it. She's tired of death. She's tired of violence. She realized her reasons were thin for wanting to do what she wanted to do. And at a certain point, even Joel was like, it's cool. Like, I, I probably deserve this in some fucked up way. And the idea of like, hey, I've got to go live now. And I like, to me, the gut punch ending would have just been, she bleeds out on that beach where she kills herself even. Um, but I think that's the, like, that's too neatly tied. That's not a healthy message. The idea is like, Life keeps moving, and she had to listen to what Joel said. She had to keep finding a reason. And she's kind of at point blank zero now. She needs to find someone to love. She needs to find a reason, but damn it, she's going to keep surviving. I hear where you're coming from, and, and I will defend why I don't like the storytelling. I'll definitely say This is just me like explaining it. why I like it. The, yeah, why, why you like it. Not coming at you. Um, yeah, no, not neither of us made this one. We were just people who liked it. Or, or, or disliked uh, it. Or I like talking about it. I yeah. Yeah. Every time there was a chance to tell the story, I just didn't enjoy the way that they told it. Like, of course, there's a lot of different ways to tell a story. Um, I but and I, and I said this to you uh, uh, before we recorded. Like, I can I can't think of any movie or or game franchise in which that's beloved, especially there needs to be an asterisk next to that in which you when you sequelize it, you play as the character 
that murdered in cold blood the beloved person you like. Now, now, I see you're already shaking your head. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I think cold blood is, is like... She that's held him the down and caved the side of his head in with a seven iron. Like, that's, would, that's cold. I would say killing the doctors was cold, too. Yeah, like possible. I... I don't know. That's, but that, that's just getting hung up on a word. Um, sure. Don't get me wrong. Like, I just think it was karmic... Or not karmic retribution. It was kind of justified from her angle. Yeah, so... That, that's true. Yeah, and that, that's just like I'm hung up on a word, but it is, it is that's true because we're forced to see her story. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that, that's true at that point. But I've never seen any time any sequel told that way. Like, yeah, like that's. I think the makers are saying bold. I think it's misguided. I think I I don't know whose voice was calling I, for that. I fully just I thought it was fucking genius. Yeah, that's right. I, that's um, right. Um, so. When, when the way that it's told there, Joel also dies very quickly into this game uh, to get the, the revenge fortune going. Um, it then, like, like, Joel dies by, they, they couldn't kill Joel in a way that made sense, so they had to, like, rip him up and make him seem, like, dumb to where, like, he's been doing this shit for 24 years. Like, he's been a smuggler, a murderer, bandit. Like, he has street smarts, like, for days. Like, as far as, mm-hmm. you know. And within two seconds, he tells Abby, because they, they, you know, their stories line up really quick. All my problems are pretty much just with the plot and that storytelling. They, within, like, two seconds, Tommy and Joel tell Abby, a stranger, who is just jacked and aggressive looking. Like, they tell her immediately, like, where we live, how many people there are, our names, and, like, within two seconds, of course, she's, oh, yeah, so, this is Joel, you're the man I need to murder right now. This is, and I knew this, I figured this, because of your problem with Joel dying, I, or, like, it wasn't like you're you're super mad about that necessarily. Of course. But this has happen, been, yeah. this has been a comic, like, this was addressed on the spoiler cast. Drugman talked about oh, this. Okay. He straight up said, and, you know, I'm misphrasing it, it's not a direct quote, but essentially, and Troy, Troy Baker, who's like, I love, and Darkman talked about this, I love Joel more than probably anyone on Earth other than Troy Baker. Um, I wouldn't write dumb, like, bad, you know, plot beats for him. Joel has lived the good life for four years. He's, like, gotten soft. He's not, I mean, don't get me wrong, he can still kill, he still kills clickers, but this, people change. The, the and again, this is where, like, people took that trope, that archetype of who uh, Joel was so much like, so literally that they even forgot about the fact that, yeah, he also let Ellie in when she was a mission. She was a dump, a drop-off mission. And it, that happened over the span of way less than four years. And he changed who he was in what, like, the idea that we're all just like, this is my DNA, and I'm this person with these choices at all times. And he's not saying this part. This is me adding in, like, yeah, I kind of got that and inferred that from the start, too. Joel is not the Mandalorian. He's not some... That's not as he might have like acted with those kind of actions at some point in his life. But we saw that that be compromised in the first game. So the idea that he's capable of just not being like a total pushover, but and this is what Drugman said. He said, "Yeah, like you, Joel, basically saw Ellie and Abby, and he's immediately sees that they're not ambushed, which other people talked about. They're all getting their ass about to get killed." I clickers, they run into this chance situation. And like that that is part of Joel's nature changing is like it's not kill, 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 don't trust. It's become more nurturing. Like, yeah, we, we can bring you back to Jackson. And I mean, if uh, and again, this is part of the problem with people inserting themselves 
into the narrative. This is how I would make this choice. And a lot of video games give you that option. That's awesome. It's great that people, is, I mean, even for me, I'd like to see how that video game that I just came up with, or like how you swap the narrative of Abby, how that would play out, and if I would have felt differently at the end of it. But that's, I didn't get to write the story. I didn't get to direct the game. And I, I still felt ways when I finished this game. I still, I still think it's a really good game. This is not me leading up to a perfect end. I would have loved if this game was 10 for me. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> I, I think 10, 10 for both of us probably would have felt different emotionally. I think we were mostly fine with the gameplay. Um, yeah, a little, I had a couple of like small bugs, like like literal glitches, but not nothing like insane. Yeah, uh, I think I had like two or three, but it's a new game. A new patch will come out. They, I'm sure that'll be Naughty Dog whatever. crunches their employees enough. Please don't. Hopefully, in the new patch, they'll put out a multiplayer because uh, they do not have it in this one. Um, I, I'm I'm even going to be nice, and I'm not even going to put in the complete lack of of multiplayer into my rating of the game. I'm only going to rate the story. I think I'm even being very kind for that. I'm only going to shred it for the story. But I don't know if that's kindness as much as you can only rate what is there. You like I think you again. Rate the game. Like, but that's not saying you can only rate the game. Again, you're, you're the first coming one had in. Stuff there. This one doesn't. This is, doesn't have multiplayer. But that's on like you. Like Naughty Dog straight up said from the start, like we're not doing multiplayer. They said that the first time this game came on stage, pretty much, they're like well, we're not doing that. We don't feel like it's necessary. And we were talking about this before, you yeah. know. But I'll, I'll reiterate it here. That's not what they've ever been known for, and I'm sure that was part of their deal uh, with I, Sony. I, I like, disagree. Hey, they, they have a ton of people on the Uncharted server still, on the, the original Last of Us servers. It's it's still booming. People, but, people um, they like that, but that doesn't seem like what the studio gave shit about. It was Both of those games came out in that PS3 era where it was like, Dead Space needs a multiplayer. What? No, Dead Space <laughs> doesn't need a multiplayer, and I'm sure, I'm sure that's probably how Naughty Dog felt about their games. They're like, no, that's not the point of our game. But fine, Sony, you own us, and a lot of people we want to we want to make negotiations. You know, like basically, like we want to make the games we want to make. So okay, we'll do what you say. Yeah, I'm sure at some some point Sony looked at the cost of the servers versus players and just made that decision. Like you know what, you didn't want to do this in the first place. You're yeah. you're good. Yeah, uh, like so so you've done this a few times with movies where rather than even like offer constructive criticism, sometimes it's like hey. Just don't make it. Not only was the first game like perfect story wise, like this one, it seemed like this was number like five or six on like ideas of ways to tell this story. Like this is like the backup to the backup. Like, hey, we'll just do it disjointed and you'll only play as Ellie half the time and a completely new character that murdered somebody. Like, wouldn't that be interesting? Maybe. Yeah, and like it's interesting that you you probably pull your mic up a little. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you feel that way only because. Um, and Drockman talked about this in the spoiler cast as well. This, this was not like Sony coming and going, do that. Sony really lets them, for the most part, kind of like go to to them and say, this is what we're going to do. This is what, I mean, obviously they have to make games because that's yeah. how they get paid. And Sony would not have that shit. But they, he very much, he wrote a version of this and then retooled it and just kind of like sat there and let, let it all cook, let it all boil and went, okay, this is what I want to do. And then he came to Troy Baker uh, with the idea, and Troy was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Like, yeah. Troy, you talk about him, he was 100% on board. And then he went to Sony and was worried. He, he said from the start, this will piss people off. I'm sure this will. Like, this is yeah. going to be divisive. Just, yeah, um, ruined. And he was worried. He was worried Sony wouldn't want, like, might have real story interjections. Like, no, you can't kill Joel. He, like, we technically own part of this IP or whatever. 
you can't do it. That, that was very much an implied thing of we, we, we can't do this. And so, I mean, it's, it's fine. You're allowed to feel like I just wish this game didn't exist, but it exists. And it would exist by the guy whose idea was the last of us. Yeah, like, it sure does. Well, it's part of that team. There, there's been quite a few people that were working on the first one that, um, I mean, I don't know if it's confirmed they were muscled out by, by Druckmann and what he wanted to do. I, I don't know enough inside baseball about it, other than the, just the, the obvious observation that if you have a high-profile job in which you're celebrated for being a very good writer, like her name is Amy something, she was great oh, at writing female Amy, characters. Amy Hennig, And then actually. there was a guy that... Um, uh, that left or whatever. It's just like you just you don't choose to leave those jobs well, for no reason. Like so even if you're making a lateral move. Amy's talked about that a little bit, um, and I don't know the whole story, so I'm not going to relay it. But she did also get a huge ass offer to go do Star Wars writing at EA. Yeah. And then EA didn't know what they were doing, so that kind of ended. Like she didn't get to do the story games that she wanted to do. Those games got scrapped. So okay, what? what so maybe even reasons aside that that's fine. It sounds like we're we're cloudy on that. You're losing your strongest writer um, who has worked on those Naughty Dog games. Like some of the, I think like the best praise that I would give some of those older ones, like especially the Uncharted games, um, even the first Last of Us, they had like very strong female characters. And this one still did a pretty good job with, with both strong. I mean, literally Abby <laughs> being a strong female yeah. character. Uh, and I mean, like you can disagree with like, plot choices, but I don't think there's any doubting that like, I think Ellie is a phenomenal character. In this Absolutely. game, I think this continues the legacy. In She's great because I could only keep, keep feeling like Ashley Johnson's act performance is phenomenal yeah, as well with all that mocap stuff. You know, I, I won't do any bad really points for voice acting. Like some of the the points I'm going to give it are going to be for voice acting. Like they, they're great. Um, like Troy Baker's not fucking in this game, so you can't really even rate his voice. But the uh, so I I do want to mention something because you you can't. It's not just their voice. They're like they do the mocap stuff. So like. All the facial expressions are them and everything. And and Troy talked about this as well in spoiler cast. I'm referencing this just because there are certain points that I think are worth mentioning. He said, you know, like I got good direction and I tried to convey this with like one look. And it's just one look. But basically when Joel's dying, when he's getting beat to death, he's like trying to convey this look to Ellie. It's going to be okay. Like, I've got you. This is it. And he's like, if if that didn't go through the viewer's head. That's on me. Like, I'm not trying to blame Drugman or the writings like that because that was kind of the direction and what we wanted to do. So if there's anything, yeah, well, you, if that fine. didn't convey to you, but I'm just saying, like, you can rate his performance because I, I didn't get that necessarily, but I definitely got, like, I the look in his eyes wasn't just dead in the eye video game look. Sure, that scene was fine. Yeah, like, I thought that's all. That's most of his performance. Well, yeah. and, and then the flashback stuff. And I even thought the stuff at the ending, like that last port scene, man, is... I was so angry that my only emotion was anger. But, no, but, I uh, I love that scene. I yeah. thought it was phenomenal. Like so, we're, that's what I, I lost my kind of thought. We were talking about Ellie, and I think she's a strong character, but like the writers just her, her motivations were betrayed at every every time she like this whole entire game. This is this is my problem that we'll end up getting into the ending too. A lot of problems with writing along the way and the way that they're telling the story, but. The way the whole, the whole point is a revenge story, and I'm well documented. I love a revenge story. My favorite movie is revenge based. I absolutely love a good revenge narrative. I, I've never seen one that like she gives up on it. She gives up and goes home initially, 
and then it's a smash cut to like a year and a half later or something. I maybe doesn't even have a timestamp, but there's, there's Dina no went from being that. maybe four or five months pregnant at the latest to that baby was at least a year old. The baby yeah, yeah, for sure. So, and then it, the game starts up. I again. would just like to point out some babies have hair. <laughs> okay, well, she was like babbling, and I no, know. I'm just I'm messing with you. But so yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like 18 months or so. And then, though she's, like, now, like, in love, and everything has been to this point to get us here, like, th- I thought the game was just going to end this way, and I'm like, eh, it sucks, but it's okay. She says, no, I'm going to completely forsake everything that the entire game has been about, everything the player has played played through for, was to get me onto this farm with Dina and this baby, living happy ever after. I'm going to throw all of that away to then go back halfway across the country on foot to California based on a rumor that wouldn't make sense either. Um, go find Abby. She actually finds her. She tracks her down, finds her, wrestles her away from like Dog the Bounty Hunter. And we did make that joke. Yeah, so that, that's so, Dog that's the, bounty. So well, the first first shot we were like, is that Ron Perlman? And then, <laughs> and then as you spend more time with him, you're more like, oh, that's Dog the Bounty Hunter. You absolutely would have gotten an extra point if that was Ron Perlman. But um, yeah, so she, yeah, she goes through all of that shit, all this arduous stuff. She's, yeah, she told like, yay, hey, Dina, hey, I won't be here when you get home if your revenge means that much to you. And then she goes for the revenge and then gives it, up on it and then just walks away into the sunset. Like, so, this game is about nothing. I wouldn't say it's walking off into the sun. This is where I counter. It's analogous to like, Feeling like you have a dream, you have a purpose, and like selling out everything, it doesn't work, and then settling for your nine to five, and you're just sitting out looking at your cubicle, and you're like, you don't really like, you like your family, you love them, but it's not the dream, and going hard for it one more time, and at the very end of this whole journey, being like, maybe maybe this wasn't worth it, like all of this, it like realizing that when you come out on the other side obsession and like fueling and hatred just isn't worth it and she and not only was it just like a mental thing she's literally had her ass beat and she realizes she's beating down a broken different version of abby she's not getting joe back she's not taking back anything like she is just gonna get some shitty little trophy it's like trying to be in the nfl and winning a super bowl and they're like at the very end well there's one team left uh and you beat them and they were a bunch of high schoolers. Would you like our modified Lombardi trophy in this little can? And they're just like, here. And it's just like, what if, like, what if I become, what if the fuck am I doing here? And it took, uh, and Drugman said this, which I thought was interesting. I didn't take this away. But to them, at, her obsession with Abby was, like, essentially being a drug addict, being hooked. She could not quit it. And it took her actual, she thought she hit rock bottom. It took that actual rock bottom to be like, to, again, to look around and be like, "What am I doing here?" I think I would. I think the rock bottom would be her killing Abby. That's how you feel those things. Is you have to actually go that far to get there. Like you want to talk about, like you do this all the time. Talk about like emotions being unearned. Like how does she get to that point? Like everything we've seen is about her being bloodthirsty and whatnot. And now all of a sudden she's sad and she doesn't want to do it. You just left your wife and your baby. To go do this because you were so bloodthirsty and like you came a long way you drug the audience a long way with you to come up with like i guess i don't want to do this anymore maybe i maybe it's it's all too much i mean like i get what you're saying but like i, I would just I disagree that it's unearned because i 
she's like limping through that whole set and not like limping like the series has shown us before. She's like she should be dead limping. Like, That's most of her game though. Like, uh, she's usually pretty beaten it, up and stuff. And it's also again, I don't think you can take away from the fact that like she's did, <laughs> Abby, the Abby she's fighting, the prize she is winning is not what she thought it would be. It wouldn't feel fulfilling. And if you want to argue that, that's like... That's what revenge is, though. Like, that's what this game is. You came all the way to do it. Like, who cares if she's a little, like, meager? Ellie's also, like, bleeding and dying out. Like, that's a fair fucking fight. But, don't you know, so some people were like, I didn't want... Like, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to kill Abby at that point, either. Oh, it's crazy. I, no, I, I, I threw my controller. I, I, thought like, I, she I thought she should have called it quits with Dina, but I understood I, the call. I, I would have been fine with that, too. I understood the call. I understood that purpose and that hook of just, like, one last ride. Like, the, the romanticized good. idea of one last ride, and then... She got there, and that one last ride sucks. Like, it's not... None of this is fucking worth it, man. They also, like... God, this fucking... Yeah, but it sounds like you just want, like, a gut punch. It Like, you want to feel something, but, like, that's the, uh, the message. Is like, yeah, she felt hollow, man. Like, she knows she went home with nothing. You, It's like that Willy Wonka. I mean, you get nothing. Like, that's the point. You're right there. Like, that's... I mean... But that's only the point because that's what the writers chose for her. That's that's what I'm angry about is because she had so many times to do that where it would be, like, a great game ending. Like, I understand, like, the tool and, and like, the, 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 uh, the technique of, like, giving characters, like, an ignominious end. Like, hey, you don't get a big speech and everything. You just get killed and that's life and blah, blah, blah. I liked how they did that with Jesse. Like, when he just, like, runs into the door, boom, you take one in the cheek, you're dead. That's the like, that's suck. Yeah. Boom, eat a dick. Like, that's fine. You can do that with those ancillary B and C characters. And not the time and the place to do that with your, your beloved franchise. So that's fine. I, I, I feel like I've, I've definitely hit that enough times um, as far as that goes. There's one nice flashback that's a wonderful, beautiful, amazing game for about 45 minutes when you're, you're Joel and Ellie hot, going around. Hot take. Um, didn't care for that. I bet, oh, I bet you wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, so I loved it. But the only thing is, like, so, okay, so I think maybe it's now's an okay time to get into, like, how would you do it better, maybe, like, storytelling? Yeah, if you, if you I, just want to rattle off some of the ideas, I know you said you had a couple ideas. Like, I, I think it's pretty clear. I don't like Abby. Like, I don't mind her as a character. She was well-written when she was there and everything. I, like I said, I'll give points for, for strong female characters. I just didn't want to see it. It was just a big snooze. I hated everything. I, um, uh, so it's... Oh man, I just uh, I don't know how you felt for these characters after I, you felt for the first ones. There's because there's perspective, man. Like I I knew where the game was going, and I didn't think they did. I didn't think their argument would be compelling enough. But man, after just watching Abby specifically, I didn't even necessarily feel the sorrow for Mel as much. Like you shouldn't kill people, obviously, but like I can understand, especially when because we're in Ellie's shoes. When all of that occurs, um, and we can also I get think, into like all the shitty side characters that are like cheating on each other and and just being really weird. But like, that's fine. Like no that's, one's likable. I, I know one wasn't. No one wasn't. Like I, I would like likable characters in a game in a movie. That would be great. We, I mean, we have them. I think in Ellie and Ellie. I disagree with the notion that I want happy storytelling all the time. I never said that. Yeah, but I hear you. It like to me. Well, when you talk about like beloved franchise. Of course, they love these characters, but they also know this universe sucks and that the ending was always going to be bad. 
Um, and that, why do you say that? Like the first game did that perfectly. It it it, it walked that line of a post-apocalyptic survival that ended okay, but it didn't feel like out of place. It's like yeah, it's okay at best, but you felt still good with it. Because I think that's kind of kind of the point. Is like writing. If you want to keep telling that story, if you're Druckmann, he knows that the ending in this universe isn't good. And if he felt like we ended on maybe too cheery of a of a note, like. I want to see this theme through to its bitter, shitty end. That's like, you can get mad and say like, I don't want a bitter, shitty story, but that doesn't take away from like the fact that I, th- I think the story was well, well done. Like I like, I like when you say, Hey, we all love this thing. And you're just like, it, I think people maybe even misinterpreted the message of the last of us. And as his, as their baby, if not, God goes, fuck you. We're going to show you what this world is actually about. Like they're all out to do that. I, I think, People can love something in a way you didn't intend, and there's nothing you can do that about that as a creator. That's public domain in the sense that like you can never control someone's feelings, of course. But you also, as a, I like, I think if you're just a grown up, as much as you love something, I love lots of things that I, you can ask Alexis. I had a million Game of Thrones theories. It sucks. It, it was none of those things. The show, like, I got to move on. And I'm, I'm you're talking about the person who talked about everything The Last of Us meant, and I think about media. But at the end of the day, like. I have to move on. I have to like grow up and I, do you think, I think this that, is going to like unravel me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, but I'm just saying, I think this story was even about like the fact that like, yeah, man, like it, it, everything sucked, but it's not like Ellie got none of her. She took out and killed a lot of important people, Abby. And it, it wasn't worth it at the end. It was not worth like, she had already hit her rock bottom prior to killing them. And it's like, you can disagree, but like the creators thought elsewise. So that's, it, to me, it is what it is. And people are, are thinking what they think about it. <laughs> I do think uh, emotions and structure wise, the more I think about it, I kind of like, I think if we had swapped that role and we had seen, like if we go Abby first, I think that would have been A, crazy because everybody for the first six, seven hours of this game would have been like, what the fuck is going on? Who they is Abby? really, really would have shut this game off. Uh, and then getting to that point and then be fueled by Ellie, but then seeing everything through to the end would have felt more tiresome. It would have felt like well, we're doing a lot here. Like we've had to, to kill, like we're, we're beaten down and bruised. And then whenever Abby beats your ass, instead of playing as Ellie's the bad guy, like, we already see that Ellie's the bad guy. Cause we're killing her friends. Whereas we didn't have that clarified in the first step. We didn't know enough about Abby. We didn't know what that meant. So maybe they thought that would have been too cruel. Maybe they would have thought half the fan base would have hated this because the first six hours we're playing against someone else and we find out she killed Joel. And then the other half is mad because now we've, we've actually known some of these characters and we like them and now we're killing all of them. So I get how that would have divided people, but I'm okay with that. Like that, to me, that would have been a 10. Like we see, we see two, we actually see two revenge stories in, in that scenario. We see Abby actors out. And then we could have had like interspersed cutscenes of Abby like not feeling it afterwards instead of playing that part. I think that part was probably a more boring part of Abby's life until the very end, where it all gets crazy. But I just, yeah, I, that's also not to complain. That's just like how I would have made this perfect to me. I still like the overall plot point. It's just like nonlinear storytelling can be difficult if there's not some really twist brain shock. And I think the twist would have worked better almost as like a cohesive, more cohesive timeline with just handing the baton from Abby to Ellie. Personally, 
I, I like. I mean, I've said I would like your suggestion more than what was out there. Sure, um, I, I just think there were so many different ways to tell a continuation of this story. Still killed Joel again. Never said once that he needs to to stay alive. Like that's of course what it is going to be. Keep it a revenge story. Give a revenge at the end of the game for fucking sure. But like, how cool would it have been to just in, in the many different ways I, I or different ideas I had to get it going. The the coolest one I think would have been to open with the ending sequence of the first game, you know, like, hey, uh, were there any other fireflies like me? Was that truth? Or are you lying to me? And Joel lies to her right there. How, like, chilling and, like, hair on your neck would it have been if the game started right there? Like, maybe whether you're Joel or Ellie, doesn't matter. Um, but that's just I, one idea. That, that, yeah. that I'm not even married to that one. That just, I think, would be the coolest one. Or just, you know, do a, a year later, a couple months later, not a full four years where you want to see this relationship and they fucking hate each other. Like, Joel is an embarrassment to Ellie. She's bothering him. Um, he's always, like, uh, like helping out and suggesting things on her routes and things. And it's just annoying to everyone to the point where she's literally, like, to his face saying, like, fuck you. I hate you. Get away from me. So, like, that's how this game opens, first of all. Don't cut that far in the future. Cut maybe a six months, a year, whatever. Ellie's a little older. And it's just kind of the menial tasks, just like the first game. It kind of lets you dip your toe into it, of them fixing pumps or things around Jackson, getting to know the world, like falling in love with this world and what this game has created for you, and then get into that stuff. That's, that's, that's whatever. You're starting the game with just, I mean, we're talking about the way this makes me feel. Like you're yeah, starting yeah, no, just no, no, no. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Like you can you can hundred percent feel that way. Yeah. I'm not telling you you can't. I like what the game did more, to be honest. I, I hear you. I mean yeah. I, it We're fundamentally sounds like plot holes. We different one so plot holes with the way that this game goes. Like what what is Abby doing helping scars? Like midway through she okay, so so we're talking about how Abby's story, she gets captured and she's gonna get strung up and killed. There's also some scars slash seraphites, which is like a religious group. Um, that are there getting strung up also that save her, right? They're mortal enemies. So I'll just do a quick little synopsis. You can tell me if I'm wrong. They're mortal enemies. They hate each other. They have, like, you know, scars, a derogatory name. They don't like each other. And they're both armed and going to stand off, whatever. But it's kind of like, hey, we saved each other. Let's get out of here. They would absolutely part ways. They would go fucking separate ways, and you wouldn't even have that character. I don't have a problem with the character, but it just doesn't make sense. They're mortal think- enemies. Then it's even said... Like, as Abby, now Abby isn't not only helping these people stay alive, these two, these two Scar Seraphites, she's, she's aggressively going in and stealing medical supplies from her own wolves and killing people she knows, killing her friends to just help some random people she I just think- came across. And then it's even said down the road, and I'm going to hammer all this home and then you can go, it's even said down the road from a couple other characters, whether it's Nora or Mel, I can't remember, that's even like, Oh, Abby, you're the last person I ever would have imagined to be on Isaac's bad list. So it's like, oh, you're not just a soldier in the army. Like, you are very well respected, presumably because of your loyalty, like, to the wolves. That would make sense. Yeah, I, so, and then this is this has been, like, talked about from, I don't know if he said this verbatim from Druckmann or whatever, but, like, and I even kind of caught, picked this up whenever I was playing the game. They make a couple mentions of, like, people think she's a monster. And she kind of reflects that she doesn't feel good about like the carrot kept you know she was there kept being the carrot at the end of the stick and then we talked i talked about this a little bit with logan she finally got the carrot and it was like she didn't feel complete it wasn't bringing her dad back she still had those nightmares she didn't want to be a monster anymore she didn't know how 
what her opportunity was and maybe rescuing Owen and finding out Owen was what that was. And along the way, and it's an obviously not a one-to-one and they didn't mention this part, but I just kind of in my head even thought about this a little bit was like, in a weird way, she was the Joel. She found someone, she found a bond, a connection with someone and saw that the reason they were being ousted, she kind of, she started to see through, like, these are all, we're all cogs in this bullshit war. Like, I know that, like, a lot of you guys are heathens and awful people, but you two are clearly not. You two are, like, they're killing, they're trying to kill you a kid for wanting to shave your head. She's not empathizing with that bullshit religious cult. And they even question her on her beliefs. And she's like, Abby confirmed atheist, yeah. similar to Ellie confirmed atheist in the first game. One of the very few things they have in common other than a desire for revenge. Uh, so she she's like, I've got this opportunity. This is horseshit. You should not be getting killed. And then on the other side, knowing that she knows what Isaac's planning and starting to like realize you don't care about anyone. That moment where he's just like, no, I'm straight out telling you, don't you dare go get Owen. And she's like, I care about him. He's a person similar to Joel with Ellie and their relationship's not similar. They, they absolutely care about it. She cares about him. I care about this guy. Like, what the fuck do you mean? No, like, he, we just, he's dead to us now. It, those arbitrary lines of, like, unquestioned loyalty, fealty, propaganda, is horseshit. And it took getting what she thought she wanted more than anything in the world to realize, like, well, what now? Kind of like Ellie at that end. Like, they're very kind of, like, mirrored stories in that sense. What now? And she had nothing else. And so... Helping them escape from this just injustice was, was it. It was all she had to grab onto. And that's why this, I was saying I think you should still have like written in because I did like the bonding between her and Lev and everything. I just hated that it had to be on a fetch quest. But yeah, I don't have any problem with Lev. Just the fact no, that they're no, together I'm saying like, doesn't make sense. Like, that's, like you, what you said makes sense for her to help. Uh, Yara and Lev like get away from the, the the Seraphites right there. Like they're being pursued. They're all gonna get shot and killed. Uh, uh, they all are kind of on even ground. Hey, we're all just running from the scars right now. That all makes sense. Even getting into that like mobile home with like her arm, all, uh, Yara's arm all broken up, and then Abby has that like fever dream nightmare. I don't even have a problem with that. Like, okay, I guess maybe she'd go back and help out. It's in a cleared zone that she just helped clear out. Uh, maybe it'll be fine. We'll go and help with that broken arm. But that's where that bond ends. Like, okay, hey, you've been helped. Then it went beyond helping to murdering droves of her own people. Where, like, I, I get what you're saying, and I kind of forgot about that section of, of Owen and her, him, you know, her not going or her not able to follow him out there at Isaac's thing. That kind of makes sense a little bit to why she'd be angry. But I mean, we, we talked about this moment a long, long time ago in The Fifth Element, where. When Bruce Willis like needs to make a decision of if he's going to help this girl or not, and you were okay basic, with that, you were no, okay with the moment. It was because it's like he sees something right then and there, like he sees like that uh, feed the children thing, or she's like begging him right there, and that kind of pushes him over the edge. I feel like we didn't see that with Abby. You we, added that. We know this was a while. We hundred percent had that because the moment yeah. the moment is it's it, it's funny because I was talking about Joel. It's almost in a completely different, like, different person, different situation, but the core equivalency is Abby could have shot Yara or moved out of the way and gone back to her regular life. She could have been complicit in murdering a fucking child for no reason. Instead, she said, I'm tired of this shit. Like, I'm tired. I, I killed the person I hated most in the entire world, and I don't feel whole inside anymore. I don't even know who I am. I'm not about to kill this kid that saved my ass 
and go back to your like he drew that line. He created that arbitrary. She already murdered a lot of wolves by then. That's but but Isaac there. was still willing to just like okay like he placed a, a priority on Abby, but wasn't even willing to entertain the idea that like yeah we could take. It's messed up, but Isaac could have easily been like, "Yeah, we'll take them in. They'll become wolves. What? Blah blah blah." And maybe would have had an Abby would have had an issue. You just think from a perspective of like, why didn't Isaac do that? Because he's a ruthless maniac yeah, who only cares really about man. his weird religious war, even though they're not religious. It's like what the easiest comparison is: is these people a holy war being fought over land? Yeah, like weirdly, you know, like Israel and Palestine. Like that, she was like, "No, I'm done. I am tired, man. I am going to." I don't care. Like I like these kids more than you right now. These kids don't want to murder us. These kids understand more than that. They're just trying to protect their beliefs. And like she still understands that the religion is worth shit. But like these kids are not that religion. And the, the kids even say that. Like if you look at it, you know, yeah, they, like we're not. We don't want to be murderers. This all happened after she died. So she's willing to take a stand at that. That is her moment. That is absolutely the Bruce Willis moment. I hear what you're saying right there. But the so. What you, what you said makes sense about her kind of having that moment. Yeah, she's not happy with Isaac or anything like that. Because that so was, it makes sense if we've only seen Abby in the context of this game. Sure, like because maybe that's a, a standard thing that we could all think. Like, yeah, like yeah, siding with you know children is better than the guy who wants to kill the children. Of course, that's that's an easy observation to make. But everything that we've heard as far as Abby's backstory has solidified that she is like a super soldier. Like she's more jacked and hardworking than the men yeah. in there, for example, because she's clearly has a chip on her shoulder that has made her cold. And so like, is she emotionless? No, she could help, but it just doesn't make sense to bring her, bring Webb along. The absence of empathy early in life doesn't mean you can't learn empathy is what my counter to that. Would be. Just, just as you it, could say that for Joel. Sure, if you're seeing a lot of outside forces and whatnot, but she's lived her... I was trying to think of her age. She's got to be like 23, 24. She was she's old. lived her entire mm. life. She might be Ellie's age. age. I don't know. Did they say how old she was whenever her dad died? I'm no, trying I to think. I don't. Well, she looked like she was a teenager. Maybe yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. So she might have been... And that was four years ago. Yeah. So, oh, no. Don't get me wrong. In those four years, all she's thought about is killing Joel, yeah. and that's why she's Jack. But like... I mean, I, I guess I won't, have, I won't keep harping on it. Um, yeah, like that's... I just, I don't, it didn't feel organic to me. Like, I'm fine with Abby's story. Uh, I just, it seemed like, yeah, Lev was there for a I, lot of fetch quests when it did. Yeah, like, like yeah, that. there's there's some practical game stuff that, like, I was not happy with. It just, like, ah, this is probably filler. Like, yeah. especially because I want to see the end. Like, I want to push to it. And there were moments along the way, for the record, that was when I went from, like, don't like Abby, don't care about your dad, to just, like, okay, I'm starting to like you. I did start to care for Manny, seeing, like, I had the moment when Tommy was the bad guy, right? I had a moment where I'm just like, yo, why isn't she yelling Tommy? And I'm like, oh, shit, he's trying to kill her because, oh, they're on the opposite side. So that's the moment where I'm starting to feel like I'm comfortable at least playing you as a protagonist. And then that moment where she's just like, no, I'm standing for something is a moment where I'm like, I'm on board with, I don't want her to necessarily die now. Yeah. That, that's where I'm conflicted. That's where I'm like, Ellie's motives don't match up with, I, I don't think Abby deserves death. Knowing that we've seen pretty much to that point, we know we know Owen and Mel. We know that everyone she gave a shit about in her life died. And it would have been really sad if she had just been like stepped aside, let Lev die, and then she comes back and everyone's gone. Like that would have been real dark and depressing. But instead she stood for that. And she still almost got totally boned in life by getting caught by Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> uh, and Ellie gave her like freedom in a weird way. I mean, she had to fight and almost die, but I'm sure she'd trade that all day for hanging up on their weird crucifixes and just 
and dying. Like, damn, that stuff got dark real quick. And in the game, I was like, whoa, Jesus, man. Like, the they had a couple of times where I thought the, um, which the pregnancy was just there for, like, added uh, I, I, I'm, cheap, like, I'm with item. you on that because it's like you've killed a million people. And it's, for some people, like, that is such a separation. But to me, I'm like, what it takes to murder one human being shouldn't add anything necessarily extra to like, you're already a monster. How does this change the equation? But I get what they're going for a little bit because everyone else is like a nameless faceless soldier and like putting that on there. I'm with you. And that felt a little cheap. Like I didn't think I thought it was justified that she was worn out before she got to that. I didn't need that to justify like that's pushing her over the edge to me. Just killing a thousand dudes. Fuck you up inside, man. I've said so many F-bombs on this, on this probably, podcast. My record, I probably matched every yeah. one that I've had for the last 24 episodes. <laughs> combined them all. I'm also, for the listener who's never heard, I'm also usually very nice, and I, I like to bring movies that I that are cool to me, and then Tyler's like, no! <laughs> That's usually <laughs> the one. Tyler's the one on the attack most of the time. Sometimes. I was on defense big time for, I would say, both of Robert Mitchell's stuff. I, I, I still gave it follows a, an 8, I think, right? I had to talk you up from a 7 to an 8, though. <laughs> Your initial reaction after seeing that's that was true. a 7. By the way, that's our most listened episode. It follows. 149 Let's listens, guys. Here. Number crazy. 2, Good Time. That episode Ooh. has put in work for us. 146. Nice. Yeah, thank you, guys. Movie, yeah. Shout out to all my It Follows fans out there. <laughs> the, the side with Tyler and just tell me to, I don't know. <laughs> you call me a Puritan. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like gangbangs in the horror. But anyway... <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like I've, and I'm glad you brought up those moments because they kind of like reminded me of, of how I was feeling in the moment. Um, but I think I, I feel the way I feel about this game. I, I know the score I'm going to give. I, it hasn't altered really at yeah, all. Same. So I, if you're ready to score it, I am too. You want to go first and then kind of give a rationale? Or, I mean, are there any straight thoughts at all? Um, I, I just, I had an explanation with my story, with oh, my, okay. with my score. That well, was you, you go ahead. So it's a nine five to me. Cool. I, I wanted this game to be a 10, of course. Um, there was some real game stuff about it that I didn't like. Initially, my gut reaction after I finished was maybe a 9. I was like between a 9 and a 9.5 and really thinking about that ending. Uh, like I told you, I texted you guys. It, to me, it was beautiful. It was haunting. And it, it will uh, it'll sit with me probably as long as The Last of Us. Like, it really will. I just, like I told you about how to come full circle. I just, like, I've grown up more and I'm like, I, I can see all these game things and there's some, some issues. So I'm like... I can still have those heavy, intense feelings, and this can not be it, if that makes sense. Um, it can have, like, an ending that resonates with me forever, but when you replay the game, there's going to be parts where it's like, oh, this part again. So that that prevents it from being something that, like, is is a ma- to me, it's a masterpiece in a weird way. It's, it's a flawed masterpiece. So it's not a 10, you know. Uh, Breath of the Wild, for instance, would be a 10. And like I said, in my mind, I still get to somewhat keep that Last of Us memory, but like even just watching this probably bumped it down to a nine five. And if I replayed the whole thing, it would probably because I do like this game more than than The Last of Us one. But I'm not going to cheap out and be like, well, I'm going to lower my Last of Us score. I have that memory; it was so awesome to hold on to, and I'll probably have this memory for fucking forever too. You know? Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, I I, I wish I, I I had the the feelings that you did with this one. I, I truly do because the first one gave me without exaggerating like some of the, the most intense like video game emotions ever mm-hmm. it's like it's like that in red deck for me that's pretty much a one-two punch um so so i altered my my normal rating system i have like a 10 point system uh for for movies that i that i do for different genres i'm, I'm still not going to divulge what those are that i get to my, my rating system but i had to craft one for the last of us so 
I'll do a brief rundown of, of the five sections that I graded this on, the, like the number system, and then what my actual number was for the grade. So uh, in, in order, I think kind of which we talked about in graphics of, of a possible 10, yeah. um, that, that's two points that account towards that 10 gameplay. Mm -hmm. That's two also, so nothing crazy so far. Uh, the writing and dialogue, so in this case it would be the voice acting slash mocap in, in, in your case, as you mentioned. Uh, that's a possible two as well. And then the cool and enjoyability factor. This is kind of like just the intangible. This is how it made me feel. Um, it doesn't factor into any structure or anything. It's just yeah. feels, feels alone. This is my highest, but it's still not crazy. It's a possible two and a half. So that, then that leaves the last ending of only 1.5. So 1.5, the ending in a video game is not as important to me as the other factors. So, so in order then, the, the way that goes out of a possible two graphics, it's absolutely a two. Like, yeah. there's, there's no way around that. Fair enough. It is an, a, a gorgeous game. It could not be any prettier. But as, like I said, I would have given the first Last of Us a perfect rating for graphics too, just because that's as good as it can get at the time. You know, it's always going to be relative. Quick question. Are you trying to be, are you trying to draw some tension here or can I, we, if you just are fine with playing it fun, I can guess each category. Oh, okay, that's fine. Let's do that. Um, um, so next up was controls. Uh, gameplay. Yeah. Gameplay. So, so out of a possible uh, two, what do you think gameplay was? As, as I mentioned, the AI was bad. Yeah, yeah. Did you give it a 1.7? I gave it a 1.2. Okay, okay. Because um, I, well, we didn't talk about much, and it, it is a quick thing. We don't have to, to focus on a lot of it. The first game... The use of like finding notes, like like death notes, especially like people like as they're they're yeah. about to you know go out, they're writing something chilling. The first game, like without even having to look it up, there's one that sticks with me. It's a guy named Itch, and he's like in charge of like the school children when you're like going in that yeah. underground sewer tunnel, and it's like the creepiest fucking note about how like they're closing in. He can feel one by one people getting killed, and how he's gonna have to like snuff out all these children. <laughs> like he's you know, gonna be responsible for murdering yeah. a bunch of kids. Those things stick with you. Like, what isn't scary is when the game has, like, 40 of those death notes. Every single person wrote a long-winded, you know, novel about, you know, them them coming in, the drums in the yeah. deep, you know, that kind of thing. So it just, that kind of took me out of the immersion a little bit. Uh, so 1.2 is for that. And then uh, the writing dialogue possible to, what do you think? A one. It's a point. And, oh, wow. and, and, and that's only because I, I didn't like the writing, but I still thought the, the voice acting was really good. Um, Naughty Dog's always incredible for uh, voice acting. For the record, um, I probably would have given that like a 1.8. Okay. Um, and then the cool enjoyability is a possible 2.5. You said you didn't. So uh, inside I've, baseball, I know that you didn't give this a zero, which I might have guessed beforehand. Um, 2.5, 1.0. Yeah, I'll give it a 1. It's for, still, for you. For you. You thought it was a 1. It's still a 0.5. Um, and, and the reason I'm going to do that, because it's not just to hate, but that's why I'm doing this section by section. The cool parts is it still has the, the, you know, the good, strong female characters from Naughty Dog games. Like, I'll always tip my hat to a game doing that, you know, uh, as the, the gaming's big enough for everyone. Like, everyone can have their time, and that's perfectly fine. That, but th this game, everything else, like, this, like I said, this is the intangible. This is just how it made me feel. Like, you know, like, like this game is as uncool as, like, those... You know, like those tennis shoes you have to buy, like if you're like your the elders buy, like when their hands get like really gnarled and like arthritic and they get bent over and they can't tie their shoes and they're like those bone color velcro shoes. Like this game is as uncool <laughs> as those bone color velcro shoes. It's a point five for cool, and then the ending. I already, I already know that that was a zero. And the ending is a zero for me, so it's a four point two overall. Um, that's me being real, and that I think that's pretty generous. Like. Gut feeling alone, that's why I wrote this down. But, like, that's why I have this system, because I was thinking, like, this is, like, a two or a three until I actually did this. And it's like, it can't be that low. 
graphics and gameplay are good. And then you got to give them, you know, props for, for a little bit of writing. And, you know, some of those elements were, were a little bit cool, but killing your main character in a, a ignominious way like that may, may, might hit home for some people. Clearly it did with you and it, it's, and it's cool to you, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, it is so not fucking cool I, to do that. I mean, so, so we'll lock those in first of all. Yes. Yeah. The oh, video game vault is empty. Aggregate. Uh, 4.2 and a 9.5. So they're what? 4.3. Just like a little bit under a 7. Five. No, they're, like a high they're not quite 5 apart. So that's a pull. Yeah. Well, I think they're almost exactly, instead of 4.2, yeah, they're 5.3 apart. So that's 2.76, something like that. <laughs> so yeah, so that puts us up. Six. Yeah, almost a 7. Okay. So just quick riff off of that real quick. You say it's not cool, and like that's, that's fine. You have that opinion. I, I wouldn't like cool is a weird word. I wouldn't even call the first game cool. Having feelings cool and talking about love and hate is traditionally and how we associate cool as seen as uncool. Um, it's not like cyberpunk. Let me show you these dope ass things. Like this is a story about hum how humanity sucks. So, I, but I understand your ranking for intangibility. So for me, this made me. This game made me. I mean, for context, I'm a petty motherfucker, and I will not, I, like, just because, you know, regardless, I don't want to tell too much about myself on this podcast, but, like, if you love unconditionally and you feel like, I just, I really want to give and I want to give, and then someone fucks you over, you're like, that guy, that person's dead to me forever. Like, I've had personal, like, issues within my life where I feel that way. This game made me reevaluate seeing someone get to their broken end and seeing, like, loneliness and haunting, and that ending will stick with me forever. I'm not saying, like, I'm, I'm going to live my life according to The Last of Us, but it made me reconsider that, and that's why it's going to stick with me in the same way that The Last of Us did. I just think I have a better feel on how I want to evaluate games as a person, especially cinematic games, than whenever I, I played The Last of Us. So that would be, the like, the difference in those rankings. But I do, in my heart of hearts, believe this is a better this is a better story to me. than like, And, of course, it's going to depend on everybody. Like, some people want different things from stories. I want things that challenge me. And, like, there, I mean, of course, there were small video game plot holes, like, oh, we'll have this, but, like, a lot of movies, it's almost impossible to get bad 100% on that. The Last of Us didn't bad 100% on that, and especially when you're telling branching, like, those arcing two different stories. But that's just, that's why I would argue against the intangible. Like, and I get what you mean, like, cool is, it's cool and intangible work together in your ranking, right? And I don't have a system for that. Um, I know a two when I play a two. And I say cool a lot when I, when I run out of other words. <laughs> You, you, in, in near pornographic detail, just exactly cut it down exactly that's how, how I think. So thank you. Yeah, no, no, you're good. <laughs> you, you got it on that. It's just like, cool is one of those words when people are like, this isn't cool. I'm just like, can get a vocabulary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there I am, apparently telling Andy that. But yeah, no, I, I get what you meant. I know what you meant in terrible yeah. wise. You just didn't care for the game. You know, what, what I will say without saying too much about my movie one, because I, I won't go into my movie ranking. I wouldn't. You better tell me off camera or off, off recording. Maybe on a, on a special F, I will. What I will say, though, and this will probably explain a lot of my movie rankings, the cool out of the possible 10 is a lot higher than 2.5. Is it 4? Yeah, <laughs> the cool factor for movie is extremely important to me. Again, maybe I'm not using the, cool int word. the intent, but you said intangible. Yes. That's a, like just feelings. How you said, like how yeah. you feel, um, like is the way it heightens emotions, heightens your own emotions. If I really gun to my head, I'd categorize it. That's like a one or a one and a half. Yeah, uh, yeah, cool is not very high up for you. Yeah, I don't know. I want movies to make me feel a certain way. I'm just so dead inside. A lot of them don't. <laughs> so. 
I'm I'm a hundred percent rolling my eyes at every oh, no, cliche. No, no, no. I'm saying like I'm a hundred percent. I'm being that serious. Uh, I'm a hundred percent laying rolling my eyes at like joy ninety percent of the time it's portrayed because it's like fuck this. This isn't how it works. So <laughs> that's not what. Uh, yeah, exactly. So that's that's me. Um, and but like you would think that that kind of person would feel at the very end like get her ass, but I didn't. Like and it was that one moment I think that just like Abby. Abby being a good person, like truly showing she's starting to get it, was like, right? I, I yeah. like, I like, I'm in on Abby now. Like, I don't want her to kill Ellie, of course. Like, I, got, I was so, I was so I was relieved. Be, yeah. I was so relieved when Ellie, we finally got to play as her because I love. I cannot express how much, and I did care about her more than Joel. Just for the record, I like Joel a lot. Um, again, totally would have taken his decision in the first one. Can't reiterate that enough because people are. Great. If this goes viral, people are gonna come for my. <laughs> it'll be that small minority that's like. We're only 16,000 people online, but we're going to make Tyler's life a living hell. I hope we become popular day after this. <laughs> no, we're still going down for Ghostbusters. You're right. That might be a more toxic take. People want to people hate you usually for what you hate, not what you like. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Even though this mob of Kilo 2 haters is coming for the people that like it. But, you know, I digress on that. Yeah, like that's. Hopefully, there was new points, uh, and it doesn't just sound like two guys rambling. This was by far our longest pod for us. Oh my god, it's so long. Right? What, what, what are we at? Like, we're at 147. Oh, Jesus, I, there was a point at an hour where I was like, "Oh, we can get out of this in 115," and then he just like you kept bringing up points, and then I had to of course elaborate on that, and then blah blah. blah and it was like. That's okay. I was totally good with this going along. We're only doing uh, one more after this. So. Yeah, we're doing Wally. Wally, baby. It's okay. We're gonna agree on Wally. That in that probably won't be long. That I wouldn't be surprised if we can get out of that. I have my least movie. amount of notes on any movie so far from Wally. Yeah, because I it's good, but I just didn't. We're we gonna talk about this. Right yeah, but anyway. All right, uh, we, we those are locked in. Our first game. If there's any games in the future that you would like us to cover or past ones, oh, you know uh, If we get enough demand, I'll do Red Dead too because if. Andy has talked to the moon about Arthur Morgan, and I love John John Marston from the first game. Yeah. Hate his son, for the record. Uh, we already got, we did the Red Dead spoiler, so we're good. So if Arthur's not like a hundred percent on me, I will not fail to take him down <laughs> in, in in the name of Abby. No, there's there's nothing you could possibly do to take Arthur down. But I'm glad if you do ever play it. I'm glad. I, I said I was going to spoil Red Dead too, and I actually forgot. My yeah, we didn't really have any. I forgot all about Telltale, uh, The Walking Dead. You should play that game though. Everybody should. You you have. Yeah, I mean, it made me cry a little. For sure. Yeah, yeah, damn sure for sure. All right. Well, that's going to be it, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, again, any input. By all means, email us at azmovieclub at gmail.com. we got a Twitter, a Facebook, and an Instagram. Or you, know, you can also go and listen to any of our movie reviews if you were just here for The Last of Us Talk. we got some pretty uh, eclectic backlog, yeah. Yeah, and we've got, we do a bunch of weird stuff. So I'm fine, like, games-wise. If you've got some smaller game that you, by all means, think we should do and it won't take up all of my time, I'm down to let me and Andy sit there and talk about it on a random episode. Yep, love games. All right, well, thank you so much, guys, again. Uh, we appreciate every click listen. Uh, you guys are great, and have a great night, day, week, whatever. Thanks, guys.